As a spider once said, salutations. And welcome back to the <laughs> Meet Us in Paris podcast. You guys get the reference? Yes. No. What? <laughs> but it was funny. Charlotte's it's Web. Charlotte's Web. Okay, I, I thought, I've never read that book. Okay. And my friend reads it to her class and she tells me how she cries. And I'm like, uh-huh. yeah, I don't need that right now. <laughs> salutations no. is a, a way of saying greetings. Yeah. So, okay. Thank you. I'm Zen, and I'm reading children's books, apparently, and this is a podcast about all things travel, be it food, what to pack for your next trip, or your next exotic destination. And hanging out with me to help host is Kristen the Great. Oh, hello. I don't (laughs) know what to do with that. (laughs) (laughs) Just, Just take it in. Yeah, and, and Emily the Wondrous. Hello. <laughs> so, last week, we celebrated National Heritage Month, and it was a lot of fun, recognizing all the contribu- contributions of Hispanic Americans to the U.S. culture. But enough about the last week. Um, we want to talk about something different this week. As you all know, international travel is still, shall we say, challenging. But it's okay. This too will pass, and we'll all be able to remember that in the future. Back in the day, remember when it was a pain in the trap? What when it was a pain to travel? But in the meantime, we have a few suggestions for you of those with UK wanderlust. Um, we are going to give you a list of our favorite UK-based movies that are amazing to pass the time with. And what we learned about them from uh, learned about these movies uh, about UK culture, United Kingdom culture, that is. But give us a few seconds because we've a short sponsor message. When you look back upon your life and you see all the things you achieved, certainly none of them started with inaction. And when you're planning for your next career journey, find us, the University of California, Irvine. We've over 80 convenient online certificates to help you navigate the future, and we're the perfect Sherpa for your next big adventure. Find us at ce.uci.edu. Okay, so as you were mentioning UK, I realized to quote Ted Lasso, how many countries are in this country? (laughs) (laughs) The United Kingdom is comprised... Honestly, I, I don't know the actual political term if they're considered countries or if they're like autonomous stateships, but the United Kingdom is comprised of Northern Ireland, Scotland, England, and Wales. So let's get that out there so everyone's aware. Thank you. <laughs> I think a lot of times people use UK as synonymous with England, which yes. it is not. It's only a part of it. Correct. And Britain is that isle. So Britain is actually England, Wales, and Scotland. Whereas United Kingdom includes Northern Ireland, which is on another island. Yes. There's a YouTube video that I really like to reference. I haven't watched it in a while, but it's always very fun. It's probably got like millions of views now, I would assume. But I found it back in high school. And it's this guy who goes over this very subject. But in like a really comedic and like he talks really fast type of way. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's fun. It's a good, it's a good edutainment YouTube <laughs> video. <laughs> cool. Cool. So 
I, Zen and I were actually talking a little bit before we started recording and we were like, this was harder than we expected. Um, because what we wanted to do was find film that was from the UK, but also like taught us something like reflected something of their culture. Um, and I think what was difficult for me was that so much of what is like popular that we have seen, um, is his story like they like Jane Austen films and Shakespeare and things that while yes it's taught us about like European history and UK history it's not like current day something we've learned about our contemporaries if that makes sense like when I was looking up things there was so much like sense and sensibility and Emma and Shakespeare and love and and things like that but um, I did find some things that I do love that I want to talk about. And actually the first one, if you guys remember, which was wildly popular, Kingsman. Oh my God. <laughs> yes. I love, I was totally, I had no idea what it was going to be. Um, I think my husband and I were dating at the time and we just went to the movies and kind of picked that. And I was like pleasantly surprised. And one thing that I loved about it is, you know, it's like this movie kind of about like training spies Yes. They're like Mm -hmm. little secret agents and then they recruit basically kids and well, teenagers. And the main guy, Eggsy, he's very like not well to do, kind of like a you know, a troubled youth. And so much of what we see of English culture is tea and crumpets with the queen and like proper manners and really seeing that there's a full spectrum of life in the United Kingdom. And there are people who like, they have their own culture of, I mean, like what poverty is like for them and, and people who, who don't come from money and aristocratic, aristocratic lands and things like that. And I actually loved watching that and seeing a side of the United Kingdom that I didn't often see, which was like kind of the troubled youth streets there. That's a really good point. Yeah, I also forgot that obviously it's like English or British. They are it's 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 a British secret spy agency. Mm -hmm. Yes, okay. Mm -hmm. I don't know why. I just like didn't even I didn't even remember that. I just recall it as like they train the king's men, but that makes sense. It's it's in Britain. Wow. I know they made a sequel, but I remember like the first one, if I remember right, that's one with Samuel L. Jackson. And it was a whole like global conspiracy. So it's not like it was specific right. to England. It was like a whole global thing, but it was like an English organization that yes. took youth from England or the UK, I guess, but I think it took place in England and training them. Um, and I feel like you don't often see that with the English culture that we're introduced to a lot of the times. Unless well, now the Ali G show. <laughs> they do. It's like, it's funny because they made the British stuff really super stereotypical. They did. Yes. And then, but I mean, it, it was, and that was part of the game, part of the story. But at the same time, like in the second film, I forget what's his name, but they had an American and he was like essentially a cowboy. Oh, that was the oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, Always, yeah. Manny Tatum. <laughs> yeah, Channing Tatum. And it's like, he's a cowboy. It's like, oh, my God. You know, trying to get the stereotype of an American. It's like, of course, they're going to... What's an American? We're, we're cowboys, you know? And I just thought that was great, so. Agreed. Yeah. All right. I got one. So this is a long one. Um, 
I learned more about British culture as a young person through Doctor Who. I know this isn't a movie, but it's a TV show, but it's part of their, you know, it's just so important. Um, Doctor Who is a science fiction, long running science fiction series. It's been essentially, it, it did have a few, it had a small hiatus, but essentially it ran from 1963 until the present. So it's been essentially running 50 seven or 58 years or so there was like about a 10 year hiatus um at one point um and it is you know like when i was a kid they would show it on pbs and you know i would watch it it's science fiction it was really really low budget but i learned a couple things is um the different accents um that people had um it also showed me uh, they they it was frequent, frequently, ca- uh, it, it took place in Britain, and I got to see, the first time I got to see London and Britain and such. So I really enjoyed that. And then it also taught me a little bit about the, you know, British speak English, but it's like English, it's a different English, you know. <laughs> so, you know, like there might be a mention of a lorry or a something, you know, like a boot or something like that, a lift. And it's like, so I learned about the language as well. And so Dr. Who is, and also, so like now they revived it and they updated it and it continues to be something that you learn about the culture and you get to see parts of London. Like lots of times you see in movies, they're in really exciting parts or just like always in front of um, big Ben, um, or the clock, actually, it's the clock tower. You don't see Big Ben because it's the bell, but you always see like the Thames and stuff like that. But Doctor Who goes into areas of London that would not be uh, typically seen by a tourist. So, Doctor Who is my favorite. Um, my favorite of the first one I'd like to start out with, and that has such a cult following. Um, I am not a part of it. Um, no, I've never watched <laughs> And part of it is because I get scared because I see these like insane um, Doctor Who fans and their bumper stickers and their everything. <laughs> and I'm just like, I am already so invested in a few fandoms like Game of Thrones. Like I can't, I don't have the willpower to join another one right now. They're very emotionally taxed. <laughs> I am. You know what? And and I gotta say something about if you watch Doctor Who, the some of the stories are so out there, or the basis of the stories, and there are many many amazing science fiction British writers that, mm-hmm. and I think, and then all of them say, "Oh, I'm a great writer because I watch Doctor Who," and it makes a lot of sense because you know Western movies or literature or even things like comic books are kind of straightforward. It's like a plus B equals C, you know, something like that. But like in Britain, there's science fiction stories is a Z divided by 32 equals infinity, you know, and it's just, Oh my God, that's so good. You know? So anywho. Oh, I'll, I'll give you a random piece of trivia for this though. Oh, please. I love trivia. Okay. Um, Catherine Zeta Jones mm-hmm. was um, was offered the opportunity to become Doctor Who. Wow! Um, another one was uh, the, when they rebooted 
Doctor Who. It's not really a reboot. It would be a continuation because they they just it wasn't like they rebuilt the series. They just restarted it. Mm-hmm. Hugh Grant was on the short list. Mm. And this one I still wish he I hope that maybe he might still do it is Benedict Cumberbatch. Oh yeah. Yeah, I've heard a lot of like his name being thrown around with it. Yes, he was supposed to be on they wanted him to come on earlier but he didn't um he didn't agree with the vision. He wanted a different type to play a different type of Doctor Who. Okay. Um so the thing is, I mean, doesn't mean it can't be done now. It's just, you know, gosh, he's just really really expensive yeah um and the last thing is the spaceship is the shape of a police box okay right the, oh you know what the by the box. way what came first doctor who or bill and ted's excellent adventure <laughs> doctor who obviously <laughs> because they both travel in a phone telephone booth well no 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 the um in it's a police box in doctor oh, who. Oh, 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 oh okay sorry it's blue that's right yeah. So yeah. in in London, a police box was essentially they they're like mini jail cells apparently. So like if there were, someone was caught, a policeman would take him over to the local police box and they could lock him up until other people came and helped him and transported them back to Central Station or whatever. And they were ubiquitous in London in the 60s, but currently, I mean, they don't exist. And so why would you have a spaceship the shape of a police box all these years later well apparently there's a chameleon uh it, it actually the exterior of the tardis which is the name of the spaceship can look like anything they want but it malfunctioned so it's been stuck as a police box for the last 50 some years oh, and they haven't right. fixed it. so like if it was to come to the united states they may it might be a telephone booth if it were to come you know like like if you're in Africa, it might be the shape of a I don't know a hut or something like that, or some something indigenous. But it's stuck as a police box because it's chameleon. You know, its cloaking device is broken. Interesting. That is interesting, interesting trivia. Okay. Yeah, I've never watched any of Doctor Who, so yeah. all I know is the blue TARDIS and so good things happen in <laughs> time travel. <laughs> yes. Sir John Hurt was a um uh, a doctor as well. Oh, How many okay. doctors have they had since oh, inception? I lot. can't remember. A lot. A lot. Okay. A lot. Yeah. Right. There is funny cuz I can't remember but like if I love Doctor Who but like there's other people who cuz like oh 14. It's like what? It's like you know, Doctor Who fourteen or like Doctor oh, Who gosh. four. <laughs> no, which one is which? Yeah, no. and and I only can, like I remember four is like like Tom Baker, I think, and you know I can't remember them all. That's crazy. Yeah. So. All right. Um, I am for my first one. I'm also going to talk about a show, TV series, but I feel like. America specifically has this really big fascination with the uh, British royal family. So we do. We do. And so uh, last year, actually, Thanksgiving, so almost a year to this day, I binged The Crown on Netflix. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. No, we go for it. Great. Talk about it together. Um, and it is. 
amazing. Obviously, it's based on true story based on events that a bit large events that happen but all the conversation that happens between the royals is all fictitious mm-hmm. um but it makes it like that much more fun because it's so dramatized i'm assuming or maybe not dramatized who knows <laughs> um but it just takes you into the life of the royals um back from when queen elizabeth becomes come goes from princess to queen and her whole um life story experience as queen since she's been 21 i think or early 20s so they show i haven't seen it do they do they have her like driving ambulances no they don't show her during the war right after that yeah Uh, Yeah. okay yeah um but it's really fascinating because um each season one each one or two seasons they change the actors so um they age with, with time so it makes sense it's not like they're using the same actor and like just adding aged makeup on them or anything like that so it's really fascinating to see each different actors take on this role um of the royal family but anyways it takes you into the lives of the royals and kind of gives you an idea of like their day-to-day or all these different castles that they go to and why and um i don't just like info, I guess, knowledge, inside knowledge about the firm and like the relationship between the queen and the prime minister. Um, and it's just really fascinating. Um, and it makes you want to know what's true and what's not. <laughs> uh, I feel like every time I watched an episode or like something that like I remember, not remember, but like I've heard about, I always like look up like what's real and what's not in this like the crowns episode (laughs) Um, but it's very fascinating to see queen elizabeth her taking on the role at such a young the the role of queen at such such a young age and her navigating that role of like her personal life with her like personal family her husband and also like having to put the country first um and then to this day obviously she still has to do that um and then you see like princess diana joins the picture and kind of like obviously we don't we know a lot that was publicized but they kind of like build on the inner workings of that and you're like ooh, did this really happen or like whoa (laughs) and it's like it's so addicting and i cannot wait for the next seasons to come out (sighs) i think also like what's so fascinating about it for not even just like the UK culture, but watching the queen has been along and reigned for such a long time and seeing literally the world change around her and how she has had to adapt and the, the situations that come up um, and just like the changing society. Yeah. Um, and then you and- see how she obviously has been queen this whole time, but she goes through so many different prime ministers mm-hmm. um, and it's just, amazing to see exactly what you said like how to adapt and like kind of cultivate that that um, relationship with each new prime minister Mm -hmm. like whether she likes them or not um she kind of has to figure out like how to navigate and like kind of help them lead the country and right you know queen elizabeth has met 13 out of the last 14 presidents yeah (laughs) Isn't that wild? <laughs> you know, it's it's kind of like Doctor Who. It's like, which one are you, President? Yeah. <laughs> Seriously, and and it really did um, 
give an insight to a lot of British culture. For instance, one thing that really stuck with me is the episode where Prince Charles is being crowned the Prince of Wales. Oh, yeah. Um, they send him to a Welsh university. They want him to learn Welsh. And the Welsh people essentially... I mean, they like hated him because yeah. they're like, they feel they have a very strong, um, uh, you know, I- identity as Welsh. And they feel that they've kind of been bowled over and ruled by the English and the English, they feel like don't really have a lot of like, they don't really care about them and their interests. And then here they're sending him over um, to, I mean, almost like appropriate and like trying to learn Welsh and he doesn't even really speak it and just to be crowned their prince when they have like no vested interest in him in a way. Um, so, you know, just because all those countries are in that country, you know, doesn't mean that there's not like all these uh, political um, things going on in like the different cultures within them. And some of the horrible tragedies that happen that the royal family um, has to deal with, like just, I feel like not living there or no clue about like that huge, mm-hmm. there was like the, the mudslide. Like, mud yeah, that was yes horrifying um and and just to see so much of like you know yeah daily life and and what people live with and even just to like the idea of having a monarchy um so different from us in america where we're just so far beyond that yeah (laughs) yeah we were so fascinated by it because we don't have that here um but it's also um really fascinating to me the i guess leisure activities i don't know if this is obviously this is probably just the royal family or just the high aristocracy like high you know wealthy people who are able to have access to these types of activities but um like every time they go to balmoral castle i think Mm -hmm. they go um shooting oh the hunting yeah the hunting um and that's just like she like queen elizabeth apparently <laughs> loves that. Like that's one of her favorite pastimes, like when she goes away from the, uh, from the city and also like her love for horses um, mm-hmm. and racing, like that yeah. kind of subplot of the show is just, she, I think there was just one episode kind of dedicated to her trying to find like a new horse like her horse was getting old so she was trying to find a breeder or she okay. was trying to like breed horse something like that but just like she knows so much about horses like that's such a passion of hers yet like she doesn't get that much time to spend with her horses kind of um mm-hmm. and also when they play i don't know like parlor games um those are really interesting like i don't i've never I don't recall ever really seeing that before. Um, I can't remember what the game was, but it was when they had that prime minister who was a woman, Margaret Thatcher over Mm -hmm. and they were playing a parlor game, but she was so stiff, I guess. And they were kind of like, she was very blue collar. Exactly. Yes. So she was like totally out of her element in this like castle with these Royals playing this parlor game. And it was like, they kind of wanted to include her, but also like were making fun of her, but also kind of didn't know what to do with her because she didn't understand like that just wasn't her world. So it was, and also the whole subplot of Margaret Thatcher and how she became prime minister was very interesting to learn too. And the last thing I want to say 
is that I, I was so fascinated and this is very specific to the queen, but um, she was not really raised with an education. She was basically just raised like groomed oh, yeah. mm-hmm. to be royal. And she goes through this where she's like having state dinners and she realizes she can't hold conversations with these people because she doesn't know basic things about um, like, I, I don't know, math and geography whatever yeah but like she has to go to a tutor to be like i need to learn something so i can talk with people because her whole life and education had been basically to become a politician in that way mm-hmm. um, and that one was really fascinating yes oh i'll add one more thing because you brought up, <laughs> <laughs> because you brought up education is um prince philip right her husband he basically dropped everything and just to become like her partner mm-hmm. and just her support system and kind of resents that and um but also he has to figure out a way to live with it and he there's this one thing he says that's something like i'm prince of what is it edinburgh but like and i have all these medals but like i didn't earn them like i did nothing to get these and i want he wants to like go back to the navy and actually Mm. um you know do things instead of just like act them if that makes yeah. sense. Yeah. So that was really his, like, seeing him kind of struggle in her shadow, I guess, and trying to find his own way to navigate the royal life. Yeah. Can you see? Can you see how obsessed we Americans are with? <laughs> yes, right. <laughs> <laughs> um, I love it, and the crown—it's got so many accolades, and I think it's super interesting into the life of monarchy and really seeing a lot of UK culture and history so good pick um another one i had so i guess this <laughs> this kind of is the same thing as kingsman to me where i felt like i was seeing a very um normal depiction of like english people not like playing in the polo fields um because i've got a crown on my head um <laughs> Love actually, and that's what I'm um, I, I in the United States, we are at least I grew up hearing all the time how diverse we are. We're a nation of immigrants. Um, you know, we all we're, we're all different. We all are American, etc. And I feel like that got burned into my brain so much that I forget a lot of other countries are very diverse too. Um, and honestly, it took a long time for me to realize we're not the only country that like has immigrants or has people who look different, like less homogenous societies and, um, love actually, it had a lot of diversity and you see like these British people who aren't just white British people. Um, and I love all their different love stories, all their different backgrounds. And you really get a good sense of British humor, which is very very different um from ours i still get a little um i don't want to say uncomfortable but i'm like oh okay because they're their humor with like sex and like a lot of lewd things they they take it more in stride and it's still a little like shocking to me um just the fact that they had the whole love story between like the porn stand-ins um when I first saw mm-hmm. it, I was barely like, oh, 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 okay, okay. Like that um, first scene was just like, wait, what am I watching now? Yes, yes. Are you in the right movie? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I was really, I was like, did I click on the right one? 
And then, and you even love the guy who just literally packs a backpack full of condoms and goes to the United States, yeah, to like meet American <laughs> girls and, um, yeah, I, I, that movie was a really good foray into like English life around London. So I liked it. The British have, you know what? There's something about British humor that's amazing. Yes, I think at least for me, it was learned. It's a learned yes. humor. <laughs> it's a learned humor. Yeah, yeah. Well, if that, you're not from there, obviously. Actually, um, as Emily likes to say, um, now here's a segue. <laughs> I think segue is a good way of segueing into something else. Exactly. But this is not something else. It's actually more humor. And the more humor is um, my next choice is. Uh, Oh my goodness, Monty Python. (laughs) If you want to learn a little bit about British humor, and um, it's just, it's they have a completely different sense of humor, and it's wonderful. You need to watch Monty Python. Monty Python was a television show, and they went on to make movies. But the one thing I learned more about British. the, the specifically British, maybe even London is um, the meaning of life. Mm-hmm. Okay. And the reason why the meaning of life is like, you know, when I was young, I watched this movie and I, I didn't quite understand. And it is one of these things where, as I watch it over the years, I learned to understand more of the movie because I, my knowledge grows um, to understand the movie. It's kind of like watching a Woody um, Allen movie too. The more, as I grow older and I learn more about New York, the more Woody Allen movies make sense. Um, But the same thing with Monty Python is that, you know, they have things about Protestants and Catholics, the differences, the differences between um, the the destitute and the very rich, you know, um, how different it is. And it's just one of the most interesting, funny films. It's, there's certain gross scenes that you just go, who came up with this idea? <laughs> Mr. Cristo. Um, it's, it's just, it's just like, if your brain farted humor, that's what it might look like. Um, <laughs> it's kind of like that. Um, so, I don't want to give away the movie, but essentially it is kind of like this kind of from birth to death um, and their take on from birth to death living in the UK. Um, I won't see. And they're all a bunch of vignettes that are not necessarily related to each other. Um, they're, so give it a watch. I'm going to throw out some interesting factoids about it is um, the gentleman who played Max Headroom is actually in the movie. Oh. So, yeah, Matt Frewer was out, one day out of drama school when he took a role in the movie, and he was um, the cornered executive who jumps and in the short. And it was kind of like one of those things where, you know, you want go, you're watching the movie, and it's like, wait a minute, that's Max Headroom. It's like, wh- how come, what? You know, so that was interesting um, to see how it, they that particular actor was in there um the other part is if you've seen the movie there is this one funny musical song that they sing and the song is called every sperm is sacred 
And apparently, beautiful. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, anyways, I'll let you watch it. You make your own decision about how wonderful it is. But um, Terry, apparently, a good percentage of the movie, the most of the budget for the whole movie was spent on that particular scene. Wow. <laughs> Because they have so many young actors in it, and they have an expensive set. You know, they got music. They got, you know, so apparently they spent the majority of the money on that particular scene. And Terry Jones didn't let anyone know that he spent all the money on that one particular scene (laughs) until the movie was, uh, after the movie was created. Wow. So there you go. Monty Python. Go watch them all. Oh, all of them. (laughs) It will it, it will explain a lot of things and then also create new mysteries. <laughs> um, okay, kind of going. Uh, I don't know if there's a segue to this, but my <laughs> next one uh, will probably not be a surprise. It is the Harry Potter films. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes, so culturally i feel like this i mean this is like a fantasy film about wizards and magic so uh that doesn't i mean there also exists wizards and magic in america as we later learn um anyways but harry potter was kind of my first um look into british language like zen said earlier um british language british accents British, I guess, London, UK uh, scenery locations, I guess. It's, it was my first insight into all of that. And I just wanted to point out some British words that I learned from there. Oh. Um, pudding. So in one of the movies, uh, Luna Lovegood, she, they're late to the, um, the feast. And she goes, I hope there's still pudding left. And in my mind, I was like, Pudding is such a specific dessert to want to have. Mm-hmm. Um, and pudding is never like, I'm like, I don't ever, like, I never eat pudding. Why would, do Brits really like pudding or something like that? Um, but pudding is actually a word for just dessert. So, oh. Yeah. It's just, that's the category of food. So pudding is just the I dessert. thought she would have been referring to like the Irish, like, like breakfast blood pudding. No, but you guys are now we're learning something. So pudding is just that sweet dish that you have after the main meal. It's the dessert. Um, Something else that I don't know, I still don't know if it's unique to just the Harry Potter wizarding world or if it's like an actual thing is drinking pumpkin juice. I feel like that's just a Harry Potter thing given the magic, but... I remember the there's a scene where Harry he's in the hospital after he breaks his arm or falls off his broom or something like that and he has to grow his um, oh, yeah. his arm bones back and <laughs> so the nurse gives him Skelligro which is like you know potion that makes your skeleton grow back or something like that and he spits it out and she goes well what did you expect pumpkin juice and I was like. I remember watching that. I'm going, why would someone want pumpkin juice? Right, right, right. Uh, So I don't know. I still don't know if that's just a Harry Potter thing or if Brits actually like pumpkin juice. There's no such thing as butterbeer, just so you know. Oh, yes. Butterbeer. Universal Studios (laughs) Harry Potter Wizarding World. So (laughs) find your tongue. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Other things, I guess, just 
the, I've watched them so many, so many times that the British accent is like really more easy for me to understand now. Um, cause, and I watched it from a young age. So I always thought that everyone could understand it. Um, but my mom has so much trouble now because I watch the movie so much, she can understand it more. But when I was younger, like we'd have to pause the movie like every few minutes because she's like, what did they say? Um, Like she didn't understand because their accent is so thick. Subtitles. To her. Yeah. Subtitles. (laughs) I've had to train her to, to read (laughs) subtitles while also watching the movie and listening to them talk. But it's (laughs) some of the characters because the UK has so many different accents. Like some of them are way harder to understand than others. Agreed. That is very true. So it's not even just like, Oh, I can't understand. It's like some of those characters. I'm like, I need subtitles. I can't understand anything you're saying. Agreed. That is very true. Um, Okay. So in addition to just like little words and I guess British words and British lingo, uh, the Hogwarts, the school that they go to is actually located in Scotland. And I think we talked about this offline last week or something like that. Um, and it's funny because I don't think it's stated anywhere in the books or the movies that Hogwarts is in Scotland. It's just like a known fact. It's known somehow. <laughs> I was like, I know that, but I don't know why. Or like, where they learned it. Yeah. Um, but you don't really get to see around Hogwarts, really. You just see the school and then like the lake that it's there. But when they take the train from London up to Hogwarts, you see all like the Scottish Highlands and the scenery. Um, that's really beautiful. And you'll be happy to learn, or at least I was happy to learn that that red steam train is that in the movie is the Hogwarts express. But in real life, it's a, there's a real red steam train that you can ride in Scotland and it's called the Jacobite steam train. And it actually takes you on exactly that, that route. It's a real train. Um, And they, I think they have like special cars that will give you like tea service and things like that. Um, so that's really fun. Very cool. And, um, I mean, the films are filmed. The locations are all, it's different cathedrals, different churches and schools. Um, I'm sure you can look this up. There's definitely probably Harry Potter tours that are available to you. Um, but another one last thing that I found, I actually just found out like today when I was doing this research, <laughs> is that the um, Diagon Alley, which is like the wizard alley there, that's that's where they go shopping for all their wizard things. And it's hidden in London, um, is actually filmed in Leiden, Leidenhall Market, um, which is a covered market in London. And... It is really pretty. I've been there and I had no idea that it was that Harry Potter, there was a connection to Harry Potter, Um, but it's a really beautiful covered um, market. It's like this glass um, kind of arched walkways um, and it's got that really, I mean, traditional, I guess, looking storefronts. It's like all red with like the traditional English writing, I guess. Um, But it's really pretty, especially um, when it's raining because it's covered. You can just wander and walk through that all day and be totally dry. (laughs) So that's always fun. Um, But it's really pretty. And oh, last, last, last thing. King's Cross Station. Really easy to get to. It's 
a huge uh, train station and you don't have to actually buy a ticket and go between platforms nine and 10 to take a picture. They actually have a specific platform nine and three quarters photo op um, before the ticket booths, I guess. Um, so if you want to wait in line, it's not really platform nine and three quarters. Not, <laughs> but you get, you get the photo op that you're yes. running through the wall. Yeah. Imagine how much money they would make if they did make people buy tickets. Right. To go in. <laughs> Yeah. Well, go ahead. Oh no, no. I was gonna say, and like when I was there, there was like a one-hour line to pose next <gasps> to the car. When if you're there, you're you've got a mission. Like you wait in line. You went all the way there, and <laughs> you're committed. You know, I actually took my my daughter wasn't interested in Harry Potter at the time. It's like okay, we're still gonna go. So we went to the train. We actually had to leave London um, through King's Cross, and I was like, okay, we'll just go to the we'll go there an hour early or hour and a half early or something like that. So we get there and it's like, we, you know, it's like, okay, this is where we need to go for our, um, this is where we need to get onto the train. Okay. Let's go look to find this, you know, let's look for this cart. And we went to the cart and it was like this huge line. And I just watched as one couple, you know, posed in front of it, took their picture and it took them like, you know, three or four minutes each, you know, cause they're, they'll loan you a, like a scarf. Mm-hmm. And, they and ask you what house you're in and they give, oh, you, that's the, cute. <laughs> they give you the appropriate like scarf. Yeah. Oh, wow. and they'll, they'll actually hold the scarf off screen. So it looks like you're like running it. and the scarf yeah. is going straight back in the oh, air. So sweet. It's really cute. And I was like counting all the people in line. I'm like, Oh, we're not going to get to that cart for an hour and a half. <laughs> our, mm-hmm. our train leaves in an, in, in an hour. So unfortunately, but at least she got to see it. And you know, nice. now that she loves Harry Potter, it's like I was there, but at that point it didn't mean too much to her. Oh, She'll go back one day. And oh, yeah, we'll it. go back. So, so um, Emily, because you were bringing up all of these, like, words and things you learned, are you aware that the Harry Potter books are translated for American English? I didn't know it was officially, like, really? <laughs> well, I just, it's, 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 okay. The first book is actually called Harry Potter and the Philosopher's oh, yes. Stone. That and I that, know. Because yeah, the so Sorcerer's Stone. But, um, I mean, it's a lot of just the expressions that they use are changed for American English. Um, I know specifically, like, they would often say, like, when you take the Mickey from someone. Oh, yeah. You wear that? We take the Mickey out. Mm -hmm. So they've, like, changed that. Um, And I think there's a few other very British expressions that they have updated for the American books. Not updated, but changed. Another one, another word that I didn't know was jumper. Like in one of the movies, Ginny comes down and she's like, mommy, have you seen my jumper? And I'm like, her sweater. Yeah. It's her sweater. I'm like her jump. Is she looking for a jump rope? Like what's so weird? Yeah. Like jumpers were onesies kind of thing. Yeah. That's what it is. At least jumper. Yeah. I would say it's a onesie now, but like for them, it's a sweater. Sweater. Right. (laughs) And they call backpacks rucksacks. Yes. Or like kissing, nogging. Yeah, oh, that's my favorite term, <laughs> snog. Um, you know the Harry Potter books. Have you guys, um, as kids, ever seen the Where's Wally book? Where's Waldo? Where, where's Waldo? Where's yes. Waldo? Well, where's Waldo? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I'm sorry because in London, where it originated from? No, it's not originally. Is it from London? 
Yes, it is from Britain. It's actually called Where's Wally? Oh. Huh. I so, didn't know that. Yeah. Oh, so, we have Wally too. Like Wally to me is more normal than Waldo. Yeah. Yeah. So maybe they didn't want it to be related to Walmart or something like that. But um <laughs> sure. so I actually took my daughter to the local so we would go to bookstores and we bought like a Where's Wally uh Where's Wally book. Well that's cute. Oh. <laughs> So like when she goes around with it, people look. It's like what? It's like yeah, it's it's where's Waldo, but it's from the UK, so it says where's so Wally. I so like that. That's I like that. Yeah. So. Okay. So I was trying very hard to do some good like um, representation of the UK, and I specifically was trying to find um, something from Northern Ireland. Um, and the reason it was a little bit difficult is because it seems that every um, like film, whatever from Northern Ireland that's made it here, it's very like it's about the troubles. It's it's very focused on the Northern Ireland British tension, um, Northern Ireland and Ireland, um, and so depressing. Um, but the one thing, if people aren't aware. If you are a fan of Game of Thrones, the Winterfell Castle, um, where um, the Starks live, that is located in Northern Ireland, and there is a whole tourism around it. So I was super bummed when I was in Belfast. Um, I actually, I did have like a free afternoon, and it was between going to the Giant's Causeway um, or... Winterfell and I was so badly like wanted to go to Winterfell. <laughs> I was like, I can't do that to myself. I can't pass up like a natural wonder of the world for freaking like Game of Thrones. <laughs> um, I think they even have one or two of like the original dire wolves there too. Um, so I forced myself to be mature and I went to Giants Causeway instead. Um, but next time I'm there, I would definitely love to go view Winterfell. So they have a beautiful, um, landscape in northern ireland they do a lot of filming there so game of thrones and um fun fact about belfast the titanic was built there so there's actually a huge like kind of titanic there's a museum there for it and they have a little bit of tourism and their whole thing that you see on like billboards is they say don't blame us it was fine when it left here (laughs) (laughs) um Oh, but there is the the sh- the show Dairy Girls. Have you guys heard of that? Not familiar no. with that. Oh my gosh! So it's it's on HBO, and actually, if you've seen Bridgerton, mm-hmm. um, the girl who plays who's the redheaded curly girl, she's one of the main girls. What's her, have you guys not watched Bridgerton? I, I don't watch it. I've, I've browsed, but I don't know their names. <laughs> okay, but he was actually already popular from Dairy Girls. Oh. And it's hilarious. They're, they're girls in Northern Ireland, um, just like schoolgirls on their little, like, I don't know, doing their lives. Um, but you, if, if you're anything like me, you have to have subtitles because you cannot understand them. Um, but I, I haven't watched the whole thing, so I hesitate to talk about it. But that is actually something that has a lot of... Um, northern irish culture that i could learn from so just throwing that in there too cool Um, cool cool so my (laughs) so i was so my my this is 
one of my favorite films. I have not seen it in a very long time. Um, it's considered one of the top 50 films of that was ever came out of Britain. And it's the movie called my beautiful laundrette and my beautiful laundrette has a, um, actor named, uh, Daniel day Lewis. In the it. best. Yes. Um, when he Love was him. a very young man, you know, in nine, uh, this was released in 1985 and it's about him. Um, he has a friend who's Pakistani and um, they live in a certain part of London, not the nicest. And uh, anyways, it's, it's just like them. It's, it's kind of like a slice of life of these two people trying to have uh, create a better life in London during Thatcher, during the Thatcher days. But they also happen to be ex gay lovers or they used to be gay lovers. And it's kind of like very interesting because it's just kind of a side note. It's not about them being gay. It's about them trying to make amends to the past. And, and it just happened, you know, it's just a story of two guys, but it's something that's super interesting to watch just because it's an early movie with Daniel day Lewis. It shows a part of the less sexy side of London. Also, it was interesting to see packs, um, you know, just like, um, different races, you know, like when I was young, I assumed everyone was white, but there's so many other cultures that live in London, Indians, Pakistani. Um, it's a melting pot, not unlike United States. Um, so that's something that I highly suggest you go check out if only to see Daniel day Lewis in one of his <laughs> earlier roles. Love it. He well, is an icon. We'll he add is. to my list. All right. We've covered a lot. Uh, so thank you for tuning into our UK Wanderlust based on movies and shows. I don't know if that's our official title. Zen will <laughs> sure. edit later. <laughs> <laughs> so we hope you guys had as much fun as we did. Let us know what you guys think or if we missed any movies or shows that were interesting to you. Contact us on our social media channels where you can find photos of our adventures from around the world, interesting articles, and more. Also, if you're newer to our podcast, check out some of our older ones on Cuba, London, and of course, France, just to name a few. Meet us in Paris is the University of California, Irvine, Division of Continuing Education Production. If you need a career boost, looking to increase your workplace knowledge, or seeking a new profession, check them out at CE uci.edu for their professional courses and thanks again for tuning in we'll see you next time bye, bye.